Welcome to episode 7 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. First off, we've got a lot to dig into from Matt Reeves. He provided some updates on the Batman movie. He was at the Television Critics Association press thing promoting a TV show he's working on. But he was, of course, asked about Batman. And I've got some notes here from Slash Film and Deadline. They had some good reports on what was said. He was asked specifically about the script, and he said, we're working on getting our draft in the next couple of weeks, and things are progressing. We have conceptual stuff going and coming into being, and my head is totally in the script. In fact, I'm going to be leaving right now to work on the script. Yeah, he's a busy guy, got a lot of stuff, but he is putting in the work on this script. Um, This isn't, I wouldn't say that this is like breaking news or something totally unexpected that we weren't going to be able to guess, but this is just kind of confirmation of, yes, he is working on it and working on the script, which is nice to hear. Yeah, not shocking at all. It's nice to hear it's getting close to being, at least the first draft is getting close to being done, and I'm sure it will need to be refined after that. But I know some people are frustrated that it seems like it's been a while because it's been almost a year and a half since he was hired as director. But the six months after that, he was still working on Planet of the Apes. So a year to work on research and development and writing a script for a Batman movie does not seem totally crazy to me. So I'm pretty excited about it. And he also was asked when it was filmed, and he said hopefully in the spring or early summer, which means that films then, uh, I think there's a good chance of a summer 2020 release date or at least sometime in 2020. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think 2020 is a very realistic goal if they can film when he wants to film. Um, but yeah, that's the parts are moving, and 2020 is not that far away, believe it or not. Yeah, it's it's like a year and a half or less than that away. Uh, yeah. as math works uh he he also said you know it's not going to be an origin story but it could still be early batman he didn't say that but that's the implication there it's just not going to be an origin story but it could be a prequel to the batman we've seen so far yeah and that's good i think we've seen the waynes die enough times yes uh, i think we've seen it quite a few uh, he also said it will be an original story not based on any particular comic and he wouldn't get really get into any details. Obviously, he couldn't get into any details about how it might connect to other things uh, in the DC Universe related or if a Robin will show up or anything like that. He, he wouldn't get into. But he did talk a little bit about the tone and everything that he is going for with the, the tone and what his ideas for the film are. Yeah, and that's the part that's interesting to me is that he is doing an original story because we've we've talked a lot about how Matt Reeves is a really good storyteller and so the fact that he gets to do that and he says it's not based on a particular comic and they've they've mentioned that and I think we have also mentioned that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not reading the comics and getting some ideas um, and there might be some bits and pieces that they've taken from different comic book stories but they're not just strictly adapting or even loosely adapting one single comic book story and if that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's not. He's going to use inspiration from a lot of things, and I know, I'm really confident he's done his research into into all of that. But he will still find something that is true to the Batman character. And Matt Reeves is such a good storyteller that I'm I'm confident. I I, I almost wouldn't want him. You know, you don't want to bring in Matt Reeves to do just tell someone else's story or to tell a story that's already been told. You bring him in to tell an original story and use his brain for that. Exactly. Um, and he said, it's just exciting to be focused very specifically on a tale that is defining for him and very personal to him. We're doing a story that is definitely Batman, though, and trying to tell a story that's emotional and yet is really about him being the world's greatest detective and all the things that for me, since I was a kid, made me love Batman. I've talked about making it a very point of view, noir driven 
definitive Batman story in which he's investigating a particular case, and that takes us into the world of Gotham. I went on a deep dive again, revisiting all my favorite comics, those all informed by osmosis. There's no continuation of the Nolan films. It's very much trying to find a way to do this as something that, for me, is going to be definitively Batman and new and cool. That all sounds great to me. Uh, yep. Just thinking of Batman, we've seen some detective stuff. I know that it's overstated, but we have seen some detective stuff in other films. But seeing Batman going out and being the world's greatest detective and researching whatever is going on, doing his detecting, going around Gotham, that can introduce us to so much of Gotham that we haven't seen before. Just so many characters and settings and locations and things that I really want to see. So a small personal Batman story where he's detecting and, you know, punching some people. He's got to do some of that and all that other stuff he does. That sounds, I mean, that all sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. And I'm, I would be interested to see his list of what his favorite Batman comics are that he went back and revisited. Cause I'm sure that would give us some insight into what sort of story lines we might be getting. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm still holding out for my black and white real true, batman noir film i don't think that is going to be this um but uh having noir elements and being very focused on the detective element of batman that is that's something that really really excites me uh and then he said he couldn't comment on if robin or any of the other characters are going to be in the film and that makes sense i don't think he's going to be giving away that kind of stuff yeah but it's uh, i'm curious how much of i'm sure he has plans to involve several characters i don't know how many or, or what if it's going to be all the ones we want to see, but I, I would assume he's got first dibs on the Gotham characters and then the other ones that he doesn't want can appear elsewhere or, uh, things like that. But I'm, I'm really curious to see who he chooses, you know, if, if a young or a young Dick Grayson, you know, depending on how old Batman is a young Dick Grayson or something like that. I think there's so many, I mean, there's just so many great bat family characters. That's one of the best parts about Batman. Yeah, and like you said, he he probably has first pick, and then that kind of has like cascading effects of whoever he picks. Then they're probably off limits for a little bit for some of the other directors and projects they have going on. So I'm sure that's being discussed and hammered out. Uh, moving on to Wonder Woman 1984, we got our first look at Pedro Pascal, who is going to be appearing in the film. So director Patty Jenkins shared a picture of him on Twitter and said that she can't stop watching him. It looks. <laughs> very very 80s like i i don't know if i could come like draw a better 1980s picture than that yeah and we still don't know who pascal's playing this looks cool i know there's a lot of speculation about maxwell lord he i get glorious godfrey vibes that may just because i'm such a fourth world fan and i (laughs) want a connection to that but also the way he you know his clothing looks very similar to the dcau and some of the comic versions of godfrey so i think that would make sense particularly with someone who works with and controls the media from what little we know about the film that it seems like that could play a big big role in the plot so i think that would be really cool but that's just speculation yeah i mean either one of those i think would be would be good choices for this film um but i don't know it looks great i'm i'm really excited and elsewhere for wonder woman 1984 there's some additional casting ravi patel who co-wrote co-directed and starred in a rom-com documentary, Meet the Patels, and also has been on the Grandfather TV series, has joined the film, as well as Gabriella Wilde, known for the Poldark TV series, and both, of course, are in undisclosed roles, according to Deadline. That's what that's what we know. All we really know is Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor, and Cheetah in Wonder Woman 84, and we have no idea who any of the other characters are. 
Yeah, we know a lot of people that are going to be in the film. We just don't know what they're doing. Maybe they just showed up and they're just there for like the, the craft table to get food afterwards. But I'm assuming we'll see all these people in the film. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, Gabrielle Wilde. I, I like her. She plays um, Caroline Pinvenin on Poldark. If anybody oh. else watches Poldark, it's a good show. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, either. But, I don't. I don't recognize either of them from yeah. from anything I've seen them in. Uh, Mark Marin, who just finishing is wrapping up his show Glow. You might know him from his podcast. I think that's where I know him from. Is in talks to play a role in the Joker movie, according to Variety. And so it said that he would be portraying an agent on Robert De Niro's talk show, who plays a part in booking Phoenix's the Joker's character and eventually causing him to go mad and become the clown prince of crime. Yeah, so you have it more and more connected to the comedy aspect of, or the comedian aspect of the Joker that it looks like they're going with. And I'm, I wonder how long into this film it takes before we actually see the Joker. They said, uh, you know, it's been called an origin story and it definitely sounds like that it eventually causes him to go mad and become the clown prince of crime. So I wonder if it's not till the third act where he is all pasty white and going around killing everyone or if that's going to be earlier in the film. I'm really curious how they, how much Joker is actually in this. Yeah, I, I'm starting to think and that, like you said, it's going to be the third act, especially, I mean, if they get Robert De Niro and he is uh, hosting the show and that's kind of the main crux and causing him to become the Joker, you don't want to waste that. You want to have Robert De Niro in the film as much as possible. So I think we'd probably spend a good amount of time with him. And then, like you said, at the end, finally putting on the, the makeup and switching full over to the Joker. Uh, moving on, Harper Collins. Harper Collins is going to publish several Aquaman-related books prior to the film's release. So they've got Aquaman Undertow, which is going to be a prequel to the film, focusing on 13-year-old Arthur Curry. Uh, his mother left and his father when Arthur was three. So that's gonna it's going to be dealing with kind of the fallout from that and maybe give some more details about some stuff. you Like these books you probably don't need to read, but it's right. just going to fill in some of those details for people who are big fans. And you'll be able to be like, oh, yeah, I know this character better when you go to watch the film. Yeah, it's interesting that they're all being released November 6th, that's what they're scheduled as when they, the film releases December 21st. So if that sticks, we could read about 13-year-old Arthur Curry before seeing the film. And that's, yeah, not everybody's going to read this, but it's cool, cool backstory and prequel for those who are interested, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and they've also got the Aquaman, the junior novel, and deluxe junior novel based on the film for juniors. And then Arthur's Guide to Atlantis, which is like a full color look at Atlantis. And that, that'll probably be really cool because there's a lot of beautiful artwork and stuff and like you said it's scheduled to release beforehand and i know at least from like other stuff that i like especially star wars this will happen a lot like the illustrated encyclopedia to whatever new star wars film is coming out will come out like a month beforehand and it has if you look at everything you can find spoilers if you want to um so just be aware of that yeah it's surprising the junior novel is coming out before that other stuff's not shocking but if it's an adaptation even if it's geared towards young adults you'd think they'd want to save that till release date or after but i'm guessing it's not going to be a, a direct uh direct adaptation too closely yeah probably not on to animation lots of animation news a super pets animated movie is apparently in development and it is going to be written and directed by jared stern according to collider stern has done he's done some live action work he's also worked on done some writing and, and other stuff for animated films like wreck it ralph he was one of several writers on the Lego Batman movie and also wrote the Lego Ninjago movie. And it's unknown what characters will be included or if originals will be used, but it is going to be based on DC characters' pets. Uh, what do you think about this? 
I mean, this is this sounds like a really crazy, wacky idea, but I, I think it could really work because um, they've done a really good job with some of these animated properties, especially Lego Batman movie, Teen Titans Go to the movies, that sort of stuff where they're they're kind of poking fun at some of the more ridiculous parts of the DC universe and some of the maybe the things that are you didn't know about. They're digging deep for some of the characters and Super Pets is definitely a place to dig deep and pull out some of those wacky characters. So I, I'm pretty excited about this. I think they could do something pretty fun with it. Yeah, I have no idea what this is ultimately going to be like look like. If this is going to be a higher budget like the Lego Batman movie for an animated movie in the $80 million range or a lower budget like Teen Titans Go, I don't know. But either way, it sounds pretty cool. I don't know what the what the story is, what the what uh, what this is ultimately going to be looking like. But I hope it's based on, I, I would assume it would be based on the DC pets that are out there. Uh, there's actually been a legion of super pets in the costume uh, in the comics and even back to the 50s, there were characters like Crypto the Super Dog and Streaky the Super Cat, who's Supergirl's cat. And so I think there's some cool stuff. And they've there was a Crypto the Super Dog animated series back in 2005, 2006 that went for two years. And there's also the DC Super Pets, DC Nation shorts that has Crypto, Ace the Bat Hound, and some others. And they're animals that talk, but not in front of humans. So they talk to each other and solve some crimes and stuff like that. They're cool shorts if you want to get an idea of what this could look like. But I don't know. This is fun. It sounds like something that is great for targeting, getting kids interested in DC characters. And I think along with other animation that's been going on, like you said, I think that's a really smart thing to do. And I have no idea if this will be a great movie, but I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, it's a cool idea. I I can't imagine it being a big budget film. Like you said, like the 80 million that they did on Lego Batman, I'd I'd put it probably closer to the the 10 million range, like for Teen Titans Go. Uh, But speaking of Teen Titans Go to the movies, we have our review we'll link to that in the show notes um, but the box office obviously is in and they they made 10.4 million the opening weekend which is a little bit below the estimates um, but not a crazy low amount to to make I'd say I I don't think they were expecting this film to absolutely crush it but still a little bit below the estimates yeah the estimates were coming in around 15 million so it's a little um not as good as you would hope and so like like we said in our review I don't think this is going to spawn a big franchise or anything but it's fun to franchise of movies i should say but it's fun to check out a fun dc movie you can check out our review and yeah i think it's it's going to do well enough to not be a money loser uh hopefully but not a a smashing success which isn't surprising we've said in the past it's tough to make a successful film highly successful film financially based on a tv series that's very rare so it makes sense Lego DC Superheroes Aquaman Rage of Atlantis. Very long title. That's another animated movie that was released direct to home media this past week. And there is a clip released on YouTube if you want to check that out. But just a reminder, it is out now on home media. And these Lego animated movies are fun. Home video ones, they're fun. There was a Flash one earlier this year, an Aquaman one now. So it's cool that they're focusing on not just Batman and Superman and Justice League, but some of the some of these smaller characters and and there's tons of other DC characters thrown in there, but it's nice to have one that focuses around Aquaman and Atlantis. Yeah. And it's definitely the, the old school kind of campy Aquaman. This is not your new, really cool Jason Momoa version. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely the, these are lighthearted kid friendly Lego movies. So it's not going to be quite as intense as what you would expect from modern day Aquaman. Yeah. More animation news. Constantine City of Demons, uh, which was on CW Seed, was an animated series, but now it's going to be released in extended movie form on October 9th. So they released a trailer for it 
and it's going to be 90 minutes long in total and R-rated, which is not surprising if you watched the first half of the season, uh, but it's also going to be in 4K, Blu-ray, and digital. That's really cool that it's coming out with 90 minutes, so there's going to be quite a bit of original content. They've done this before with Vixen. They combined the two seasons, added like 15 minutes of original content, and then released it in movie form. And so Constantine City of Demons, this is cool. It's it's going to be that long, and I'm glad they're releasing it in 4K. That was pretty surprising to me. But yeah, something to look forward to. Uh, another show, Freedom Fires the Ray, is also going to be released in extended movie form, and this time on August 28th, uh, Blu-ray and DVD, no 4K this time. Yeah, same thing. I'm excited to see that come out on... I'm glad that they do these on CWC, uh, release them in, as movies, even though it costs money for something that is mostly free already, but you can watch it without ads and in straight, you know, without breaks or anything like that. So this is cool for the people that like it. Yes, definitely. Uh, moving on to TV news, Diane Guerrero, which you might know from Orange is the New Black, has been cast as Crazy Jane in the upcoming Doom Patrol show on DC Universe, according to The Hollywood Reporter. So Guerrero's Crazy Jane is described as an unlikely hero who is suffering from the world's most severe case of multiple personality dis- disorder. Each one of her distinct 64 personas manifests a different superpower, making Jane the Doom Patrol's most powerful and unstable member. Crazy Jane is actually crazy, like just insane <laughs> um as as a person and as just an idea of a character uh yeah the different different superpowers and you know one of her personas is like her dad and there's this whole underground system with all these different things so yeah it's it's something that only works probably in the doom patrol and i'm, I, I'm excited that they've cast somebody who they think can pull that off yeah absolutely crazy jane i think could be a standout on this show if done right it's going to be tricky a very different character from harley quinn but i think some of the things that people like about harley quinn could come through in a character like crazy jane on a on a tv type of format so i'm i'm really excited to see the doom patrol start to come together and yeah it doesn't sound like she'll be on titans like the some of the other doom patrol members but that is somebody who's going to pop up and a very important character to grant morrison's doom patrol run which jeff johns mentioned that they're heavily the show is going to be heavily inspired by which is crazy and good yeah and i i'm really interested to see like what sort of cool um like creative visuals they can use to show her switching personas and Mm -hmm. switching powers and stuff and that's that might be something that they're working on and trying to figure out and why it might not be ready by the time that they're going to be on titans yeah that's a good point i don't know if they're going to do a if they're going to visually show it or if she's just going to all of a sudden start acting different and or how they're going to portray that. But that. That's something to look forward to. On to Supergirl, we've got a few new cast members. Uh, according to Deadline, Rona, Rona Mitra will play Mercy Graves. You may know her. Mercy Graves, long long been a Lex Luthor's kind of bodyguard type assistant. Last seen blowing up in Batman v Superman. Uh, and Robert Baker is going to play the character's brother, Mercy Graves' brother. And he gets the name of Otis which has to be inspired by Otis from Superman, the movie. And they're both going to be in recurring roles. So Mercy Graves is an ex-Cadmus agent who has always believed in human exceptionalism. But with both Lex and Lillian in prison, Mercy is stepping out of the Luther shadow and running her own show. With her biting wit and lethal brawn, Mercy steadily becomes a key figure in National City's growing human first movement. That's the description from Deadline. And then Otis Graves is Mercy's de facto right-hand man. 
what he lacks in brains, he makes up with his savant-like abilities to assassinate aliens. <laughs> Otis is a character from the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve and has not been featured in comic books. Well, that's there was an Otis in Smallville season 11, so it's not entirely true. But yeah, definitely inspired by the Superman movie, um, what he lacks in brains. Yeah, that's. I guess that's a good way to sum up Otis from the Superman movies and that's i don't know that's really cool to see them brought in i'm excited to see what they bring yeah and then you know everything we've seen so far for supergirls this season's definitely going to be very heavy on the anti-alien um kill all the aliens sort of stuff and this this lines up with that perfectly uh one more person brent spiner who you know might know as data from star trek the next generation is going to have a recurring role as vice president baker yeah and i'm not familiar with the actor uh but they the descriptions of his character they basically give away what he is going to do and yep. so i i don't even want to get into that but sometimes the cw does that when they release a character description it's basically here is the character's entire arc for the season so um he's a vice president though so we know that we know linda carter's returning as the president and it looks like this is her vice president yeah Moving on to comics, uh, there's a new Shazam title that's going to launch in November and going to be written by Jeff Johns with art by Dale Eaglesham. Yes, this is, Johns has been teasing this for a while. It's going to pick up from his new 52 Shazam run and smart to get Shazam an ongoing title before the movie comes out. Uh, he wanted to get Gary Frank back, but Frank is busy. And so Eaglesham will, will do a good job. And they released a picture of this, which is most of the Shazam family on a roller coaster, which as John said, that's one of the only superhero characters you could do something like that with in, in comic book form. So it, it looks pretty cool and fun. Right, exactly. And like you said, very smart to, to coincide that with the film coming out. And we recently talked about the death of Superman animated movie, and DC Comics has announced a digital first comic that was going to be a prequel to the animated film. So you can see a little bit leading up to the death of Superman. And it's going to be weekly, 12 total issues. The first issue released digitally this past week pretty cool it's going to be written by louise simonson who she is was one of the writers during the death of superman arc she was one of the four different superman writers at the time so that's pretty cool to see her writing it yeah this is cool and i i hope that they can do stuff like this too for some of their original stories that they end up doing as well if if the film ends up being popular just to get some more backstory and time with some of these characters um, because they've just been basically crushing it recently and so I'd, I'd love to spend more time with these characters yeah this is something i think they did one for batman and harley quinn if right, you're interested yeah. <laughs> in that and i think also for suicide squad health to pay having the the digital comics tie in either a prequel or a sequel to the animated film is pretty cool just to see a little bit more of that world other than what you get in the animated film yeah all right and then we have a twitter question from at gwade289 do you guys think the animated hush film will be a two-parter like the dark knight returns I hope it is. Hush is my favorite Batman storyline by a long shot. I don't think so, just because they didn't announce it as such, at least nowhere I saw. So with the death and return or death and reign of the Superman, they specifically announced that as a two-parter. So with it not being announced as a two-parter, I think the assumption is it will be a single piece. And there's a lot of story in Batman Hush, but I think it can be done in 80 minutes and I think, you know, it's always surprising me how much story they can fit into 80 minutes and without rushing things. So I think it, I think it can be done and it doesn't necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily a negative that they don't do a two-parter. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will agree that it is my favorite Batman storyline as well. Um, and yeah, I think, 
I don't think it's going to be a two-parter. Like you said, the, the actual comic itself isn't super long. Um, so there is a ton of stuff that happens, but it happens really quickly. Even in the original comic, it, they, they jump from stuff to stuff really quickly. And so I think they can do that in the film. And like you said, not make it feel like it's too rushed and not make it feel like they're, they're skipping parts of the, of the original story that you wouldn't want them to skip. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, curious because i think it's 12 issues i think and i think some of it could be cut out to or condensed or redone somehow to make it fit into a shorter time frame i don't know that you need to include all that stuff because some of it's just goes off on a little bit of tangents this isn't a negative i think it fits and it was part of the monthly comics at the time so it made sense but yeah i think it can be done in one film and I'm, i'm pretty excited about it yeah me too All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening and we'll be back again soon.